We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've got to finish stronger than that. Splits the free throws. Bronson again. Ten already tonight for Jalen Bronson. All righty. Um, hey there, everybody. How you doing? Uh, Knicks lose. Uh, look for a while like this was going to be a an improbable second consecutive victory over a very, 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 very good Philadelphia 76ers team. But it was not to be. Um, hmm. Try to talk about this loss. This was an annoying loss. But I got to say, in a season in which this team has now lost, um, let's see, did the standings update yet? 27 games. This is pretty low for me on the totem pole of ones that I am going to think back upon and have regrets and, you know, worry about. Um, I think there are certainly things to quibble about. um, Annoying parts of the game that were annoying in their own right and annoying in the larger context of the season when it's kind of like the same things that we're, we're seeing that hold this team back that are without question annoying. There was a play that I'm sure is going to come up in the late third quarter where they give up. It was in the middle of the Sixers big push to basically tie the game again. And uh, there was an inbounds pass that got away and prompted Thibodeau to call an immediate timeout that was not ideal. Uh, in a perfect world, you don't want to play like that because it, it did seem to give some momentum in the moment. I'm not pinning it on that play. Um, I think the bigger issue was at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, the Knicks went with an all bench plus Barrett unit, which we've seen them go to, obviously, since essentially they went to this rotation. It did not work. Um, and the, it is not the first time it has not worked. There are, we could point to other times where it hasn't worked and it was a very quick Sixers, you know, where Knicks went from up one going into the fourth quarter to down uh, by five uh, in like the span of 90 seconds, brought Brunson back in, stemmed the tide a little bit, you know, there were, and then there were a couple of moments there in the fourth quarter where you felt like, okay, could maybe get it back in it. Sixers were really high from three um, to start the quarter. I thought that made a big difference. Uh, the Knicks certainly had their issues with the zone. I was, if there was a three play stretch that is like the one that was probably the most annoying to me in this game, it was Sixers going zone fourth quarter, first play pass to Randall wide open 18 footer. And and he should take that shot because he's been hitting it and he hit it, you know, nothing but the bottom of the net next two possessions. Same thing. Sixers going zone Randall 
Touche. And I'm not putting this loss on Randall. Randall had an outstanding, largely had an outstanding game, as did Jalen Brunson. Um, but to, to the next two possessions, Randall turns it over because it's, you know, didn't take what the defense gave him and um and uh it turned into bad, bad plays. Um in general, zone or it's funny, zone defense stymies this team and pressure defense stymies this team. If you switch up the defense against this team, it usually takes them a little while to adjust. And we saw that tonight. And I think that was definitely a big factor in terms of why they were not able to pull this out. All of these things that I'm talking about are valid. They're quibbles. They're annoying. Um, The Knicks lost tonight because they faced one, the guy who, if he's not going to win the MVP, he's going to finish second for a third consecutive year in Joel Embiid finished with 35 points on 18 shots. How you doing? Um, And Tyrese Maxey, you know, not that James Harden was like a, a, a complete third wheel. Dude still had 20 points, 12 assists, not a bad game. Uh, but Tyrese Maxey was the difference. Tyrese Maxey was largely not ineffective, but he was kind of invisible in the last game they played with the Knicks one in New York tonight. He had 27 points on 16 shots. Um, when you got their big three playing like that and like they finished the night, Philadelphia did 36% from three again, turned it on from three late in the second half. Um, and in particular in the fourth quarter, like it's just, you got to play perfectly to beat a team like that when they're doing that. Uh, and the Knicks did not play perfectly. Sixers wait a little while to turn on the defensive effort. That was the one flaw in their game plan tonight, but like offensively they were, they were pretty good all night and look, the Knicks did some nice things and they had some nice performances mentioned Jalen Brunson, uh, top scoring quarter of the season for Jalen for any Nick scored 20 in the first quarter. He was outstanding kind of petered out after that. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I'm not sure why I think it was a little to do with how the Sixers were like, okay, we're not going to let you beat us anymore. We're going to make you pass out of it. And to that extent, I think again, and this is a something of a, a fundamental flaw in this team, which is not going to be addressed probably until the off season um, is they just don't have enough guys who are ready, willing and able to fire and make when they have an open three Grimes is the closest they have. And then you get a night like tonight where Grimes isn't feeling it. He took four shots from three, missed all of them. It's amazing how that one thing Quentin Grimes, because he's part of the starting lineup he's the only part of the starting lineup where other than maybe Randall, who's just going to, you know, and I guess I guess RJ RJ fires when he's given room, and RJ hit some threes tonight to his credit. He was three of five. Um, I didn't think RJ played a bad game. Again, we could talk about that play. We could talk about maybe another play, but I thought RJ had a pretty good game. But they just they don't have enough guys who are again ready, willing, able fire when when they have an opportunity to, and uh, and make enough of those shots. And I thought that hurt them. Uh, and then yeah, like I said, Randall, nice game. 30 points on 20 shots. Again, is he perfect? No, he's never going to be perfect. He's always going to give you those two, three, four plays that make you scratch your head. You got to live with it and, um, and move on. Um, I don't really have much else to say about this one. Quickly had some really nice moments, but quickly always has some really nice moments. Um, We'll see what happens with the bench when Josh Hart is ready to go. I'll be very curious to see if Josh Hart is active uh, for tomorrow's game. Uh, It's quick turnaround time. So, you know, Nick's going to have to be ready, but you can kind of sense the way this is going already. Um, You know, like the minutes totals, we've seen a lot of quickly 29 minutes tonight, McBride, nine top and 11. 
haven't mentioned Toppin's name until now because, quite frankly, he wasn't very good tonight. He was not good on defense, and he didn't make up for it on offense. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what Tibbs does. We'll see, you know, whose minutes Hart is going to take because I guarantee you this, Josh Hart's playing. Um, when, as soon as he's ready to go, he's playing. And he's not playing 10 minutes or 15 minutes. He's he's playing a lot of minutes. All right. I think that's it. Um, let's see. This is where we usually do a moment of the game. and. Um, it's funny. This is how conditioned I am to the Knicks having close games down the stretch. I, w- I literally just like wait until the last five, six, seven minutes to start jotting down moment of the game entries because they always play close games. Well, guess what? In this game, they did not play a close game down the stretch. <laughs> um, and and so we're going to have to we're going to have to reach back uh, for our, our moments of the game. Uh, why don't we do? Uh, Randall had a nice end one in the third quarter. That was kind of a big momentum swing in the moment to uh, give the, I think the give, give the Knicks the lead back was whatever got them to 80 points. We'll have that as a moment of the game. Um, we can have um, when they went down five, Emmanuel quickly came in and hit a three to bring it back to a two point lead. Uh, he was already in the game, but he hit a three to to cut it from five to two early in the fourth quarter. I thought that was a big moment. Um, and then I don't know what we're going to do for the last one. Let's, uh, we got to get Brunson one. Let's pick, let's pick Brunson's last points that put him at 20 points in the first quarter. We don't usually have a first quarter candidate for moment of the game, but let's change that up because Jalen Brunson had an awesome first quarter. We want to appreciate that. All right. There are your moment of the game. Uh, contenders, Weiss and Rosenblum, personal injury report. We actually do have personal injury report tonight because we got a little bit of news. Um, don't forget, if you think you might have a case, give a call to our friends at Weiss and Rosenblum, personal injuries, personal injury attorneys, 212-366-6100. Again, that is 212-366-6100. Or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. Um, so Mitchell Robinson, uh, Tom Thibodeau spoke about Mitchell Robinson before this game. And he said he will be available after he's out until after the all-star break. Now, um, I was not at that press conference. I obviously get the same tweets that everybody else does. It sounded like the plan is for him to be ready to go as soon as the all-star break is over. Um, that's what I took from what was, what was tweeted from Tibbs comments. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, if he is indeed back and then I guess we could put Josh Hart under the personal injury report, even though he's not injured, just that Tibbs said, um, he, you know, wasn't ready to go tonight, but, uh, no comment on if he's going to be ready to go tomorrow night. I, I would be, mm, if you ask me to bet right now on whether we're going to see Josh Hart tomorrow or not, I would probably bet not. Just because, again, it's like he hasn't, they're not going to practice tomorrow. Like, I'm sure they'll have whatever, like, walkthrough or, or whatever else. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's not that many games left between the, see, here's the thing. Like, the games are now coming at us fast and furious between now and the All Star break because you had Philly today, you got Utah tomorrow, that's back home. And then one day off Brooklyn Monday home and then one day off Atlanta went. So it's not like you're getting a ton of time anyway. They're certainly not going to wait until after the all-star break to, to get 
Josh Hart in there. Maybe, you know what? I'm going to go back on that. I bet your heart plays tomorrow. I stand corrected. I bet your heart plays tomorrow. Okay. That's all I got. Not, I mean, again, this is a fun game for three and three, three and a half quarters. Well played game for almost the whole game. Uh, they, I just think they lost to a better team. Um, my God, Joel Embiid is really good. And when he gets help, that's, that's a scary team. It's a really scary team, but we're a pretty good team too. And I think they showed it tonight, but not enough. Okay. Let us get to the super chats. See what we got to talk about tonight. Forgotten NYC. What has Sims done to deserve to start? He's been bad. I think that's a little unfair. Forgotten NYC. Not, you know, talk about pot calling the kettle black. Uh, I think that's a little bit unfair. I'll push back on that a little bit. Um, but I also won't push back on it. And here's what I mean. Has Sims been great? No, Sims has not been great. I thought he had some nice moments tonight. Um, he got his, uh, I saw a CP, I think, uh, from Nick Fan TV put it this way. Uh, got his hand caught in the cookie jar a couple times against Embiid. That's going to happen. Embiid's incredible. But I thought he also made some nice defensive plays tonight. And the problem is he he really just gives you nothing on offense. And that is certainly an issue. Um, Isaiah Hardenstein is the better of the two players. And I don't think anyone's questioning that Isaiah Hardenstein, the way he's been playing recently is the better of the two players. But I also think this is a little bit of uh for, for all the old heads, a Keith Bogan situation, you know, a guy that Tibbs is starting knowing he's probably only going to play the equivalent minutes to a bench guy. And I don't personally have an issue with that. And I guess the reason I don't have an issue with that is like, I don't think we've ever seen Hartenstein like tire out at the end of a game. And if Hartenstein has it going, you put him in, you know, at the six minute mark of the first or the third quarter. And if you want to leave him in, you could just leave him in. And we've seen him do that before. So I don't know. It's not a huge deal to me. Uh, I, I, certainly respectable point, uh, but that's not where I'm, it's not where my mind is, is going tonight. I don't think that, I don't think Jericho Sims, you know, Guarding Embiid is the reason why Embiid went off tonight. I think Embiid was just too good. Thanks for gotten as always. Appreciate it, man. Mythic Monty seems like the kind of game Jay Hart helps you win. I don't know if he would help them win, but like, okay, give me a chance to gush about um, Josh Hart for a second because Hart is the type of guy that like, and again, I just talked about how the Knicks don't have enough guys who are ready to like ready, willing, and able to fire away from deep. That's not what Josh Hart's going to do. But Josh, he, he can fire it, and he will fire it occasionally. One of my biggest curiosities is how much his three-point attempts for 36 minutes goes up. Because he shot a ton of them last year, when he got to Portland in particular, and he's been had been shooting them more in previous years. And then it, they like completely flattened out this year. And I don't know, was that intentional by Portland? I don't know if that was something with Hart. I'll be curious to see how much he, he fires away that he's here. But... Just like he's a really good offensive player and he figures out ways to help your team on offense. And he's obviously, as many have been pointing out in the last couple of days, dynamite in transition. Um, he's a really good screen setter. He helps other players be better on the floor. He's a pretty good passer. Not a great passer, but he's a pretty good passer. Um, good ball mover, good connector, could put the ball on the floor. And like he does kind of have a deceptive one-on-one -on -one game at times. Like... Jalen Brunson, we see this from him all the time. Josh Hart will take smaller players into the post and he could bully them. And he's so good around the rim. And um, 
he's so good attacking closeouts, particularly from the corner. And even if you don't close out hard on him from the corner, that dude hits baseline with a pretty good head of steam. And he's so freaking good around the rim. He hits 70% around the rim that it's either going to draw the help um, or you're going to get, um, or he's probably just going to make the basket. Cause he just, he just beats guys when it's around there. Um, and defensively he would have helped tonight. Cause I thought Quentin Grimes again, Second year player, never going to kill Quentin Grimes for where he's at in his NBA career right now. He's doing wonderfully, but like defensively, I, I think not his A plus plus game tonight. Uh, I think Hart would have helped there too, for sure. Thanks, Mythic Monty. Colin Reardon, what's going on, Colin? RJ making momentum changing turnovers becoming common. Uh, yeah, well, we got to the third super chat. Yeah, I mean it's it's annoying. Um, he th- this team, I'm not going to say they could have no margin for error, 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 but when you're playing a team like Philly and God knows when they get in the playoffs, if they get in the playoffs, hopefully they're not going to have a margin for error if they want to win games. And um, those things hurt. And it does it. I, I don't want to pin it all on him because like, look, Randall makes God knows Randall makes boneheaded turnovers. Like Jalen Brunson had a bad turnover tonight when they were in the fourth quarter, trying to stay close to Philly. Brunson had a bad turnover when he was trying to make a drive. Now Brunson doesn't do that very often. Um, I think Randall's turnovers are more the result of like his, his bad process, which not to excuse them, certainly not to excuse them. I don't know if it even makes it better or worse, but you're right. RJ's turnovers do seem at times to be in not, the most ideal spots. Um, and it was their kind of last best chance. I thought they had when um, they had a really good, they, they got numbers on the Sixers and the ball like whipped around a little bit and ended up in RJ taking kind of a tough shot with under two minutes to go. If he hit it, they would have been within one instead. He missed it. And I think the Sixers came back and hit it three. And that was kind of the end of the game. As far as I'm concerned, um, you know, not the best look there. Look, he's 22. I hope he gets better. That's all. Forgotten NYC with another one feels like a Tibbs lack of adjustment loss. What what was Tibbs going to do to win this game? Doubling Joel leaves target practice all night long for Niang and others, and they made him pay in the fourth. I, I, I'm politely pushed back on that. Um, look, you don't know. Again, anytime you lose a game and you make a strategic decision and the strategic decision results in the other team doing a thing that leads to the win. It's always fair game. Hindsight's always going to be 2020. I think to think that Joel Embiid was not capable of taking more than what did he take? I just said it before. He took 17 shots, 18 shots, 18 shots. He got 35 points off of 18 shots to think that he was not capable of hurting you more individually. Um, I, I can't get there. And again, I thought like the Knicks put it's, these were not, I, look, there are degrees of open threes, right? Were these open threes? Yeah, they were pretty open threes. But like, I thought the Knicks were flying out, really making a good effort to contest on all of these looks. And again, we're talking about a game where you never, to me, are going to expect a team, even if they're in an empty gym, to be, I think the Sixers were what, like four or five from three at the start of the fourth quarter? You're never going to expect that. Like they shot over 50% from deep in the fourth quarter or around 50% from deep in the fourth quarter. You're never going to expect that. Like one of those misses, you know, maybe that RJ, instead of him taking that shot, 
he kicks it out and somebody hits a three Knicks have the lead with a minute and a half left. All of a sudden, you know, it's like it, these games turn on like a shot here and a shot there. Uh, so to be like, if he did this other thing, they would have won the game. I, I can't get there, but I'm always going to, I'm always going to defend the coach. So it's a fair point though. Try my best. What's going on? Try my best. Frustrating because it feels like we could have won this one. It's deceptively, right? I agree with you. It does feel like they could have won that game. And yet I look at it and I'm like, were they really beating that six? I mean, they needed to just, they needed to make more shots. They needed to have a little bit better process on offense, move the ball a little bit more. They definitely got stymied. Maybe I'm giving them a little too much credit as I'm, I tend to do occasionally. I don't know. I'm on the fence. Uh, Randall had a few minutes stretch in the fourth where he was uh, way, way overly emotional, impacted the entire team. Yeah. 100%. It's one of the one of the biggest issues. They they have to figure out a way to or he has to figure out a way to not let that happen. Now, I think it affects them worse at times than others. And if on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably put tonight's at like a five and a half, six, considering how we've seen him really lose control at times. But no, it's not helpful for sure. Thanks, Troy. My best. Appreciate the contribution. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. With keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, Jay, weird behavior from you on cam. Strange. So, uh, I listen, I, I just want to say uh, shout out to the Cam Hive. Truly. Shout out to the Cam Hive. It, it is it is wonderful. It's what sports fandom is all about. To have passion for a player, support for a player, um, be high on a player, believe, you know, all those things. That's what, that's what people watch sports. And they like this player. They're all about him. I am not as high on the player. Uh, I probably went a little too far um, in expressing my um, opinion that I am not particularly high on this player. And that's on me, you know. And look, I gave them a gift. They get to have that clip of me saying Cam's never going to have another moment in the NBA for for as long as uh, the Internet exists, which is probably going to be for a while. Um, And they listen, that's. Run that shit back anytime that dude does anything, and and I'm 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 sure he'll have. Um, I'm sure there will be opportunities to run that back. I will just say that. Sorry if I bothered you, Kevin Danishevsky. Not too mad here. Some tips, criticism, in my opinion. Randall and Brunson need to be on the floor at all times. Um, Randall or Brunson. I'm assuming you mean you mean that. Uh, RJ mostly good game, but some infuriating plays. 
Such is life. But yeah, well said. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it as always. Sam Garcia. What's going on, Sam? Knicks blowing a double-digit lead in the second half. What else is new? Also, I hope we could chip off RJ this summer before his trade value worsens. Ah, um, They did blow a double-digit lead in the second half, did they not? And it was really that third-quarter stretch that they were up by 12 and the Sixers went on a 13-1 to run. That's really what did it. Um, or was it a 13-0 run? I forget. It was 13-1 or 13-0. Yeah, it, sometimes that's all it takes. And it's like, it's frustrating for sure. I think this team has grown. It feels like they've grown. The results indicate to me that they've grown uh, over the course of the year since they were like any time they had a double digit lead, you were like, this is going to end in disaster. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see. But it was not ideal. And then as far as RJ before his trade value worsens, like one of the bigger questions I have moving down the stretch of the season is as because Tibbs is, I'm telling you, he's going to, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't need to tell you anybody. He's going to trust Hart. He's going to want to put Hart on the floor a, a lot. He's it's Hart is going to become one of his new security blankets. And I just wonder at whose expense that is. And not saying RJ is going to go from playing 40 minutes a night to playing 20. That's not going to happen. But I wonder how cognizant they will be as an organization and whether or not the front office and the coach are as in lockstep as they maybe should be in terms of like what the perception will be around the league in terms of, well, wait a minute, where are the Knicks at on RJ Barrett? Now, as I say that, I think the fact that they tried to ship Don or uh, RJ off to Utah for Donovan Mitchell last summer was probably a signal to a lot of people around the league that, uh, yeah, the Knicks aren't as all in on RJ Barrett. And honestly, maybe the cat was out of the bag before that. Um, so, like, I think the league kind of knows what RJ is at this point. Um, and your your what you think about where he's going to be in two years or four years or six years is probably not going to impact or be impacted too much by whether he plays 35 minutes a game or 28 minutes a game down the stretch of the season. So it's, maybe it's not a big deal, um, especially since if they do try to include him in a package for a star, I have a feeling that the the main valuation in that trade is going to continue is going to once again, much like it was last summer with Donovan Mitchell going to be draft pick based as opposed to RJ Barrett based. So I don't think, you know, maybe we're making too much out of nothing. I am still, all that being said, I'm still curious to see how much he plays down the stretch of the season. Thanks, Sam. Black ice. Is it me or do they not look for Obi when he cuts? There was one play that stood out and it was quickly about the ball. But there were also a lot of a couple of different Philadelphia 76ers in between uh, quickly, who was at the top of the key and Obi, who was like kind of wide open under the basket, but quickly missed them there. There was maybe another time or two that I, I, I missed. I mean, this team does not have great passers. Um, eat what, and there's many different components to passing and someone who is better at analyzing like the X's and O's would be better to speak about this than me, but like, I don't think they have anyone on the team that has particularly great vision. I don't know that they have like the most accurate passers in the world. 
um, you know, like we you always hear about like guys like LeBron who see passes two, three, four plays ahead. Like they don't have anybody close to that. So I think that's part of it, which is why, again, I'm surprised it hasn't come up already. Like there are players like that in the league, and I'm I'm interested that a team didn't maybe make a slightly more aggressive offer um, for Obi Toppin to try to unlock him more, so to speak. But yeah, thanks, black guys. Um, Lamar Jordan. I'm sorry, but Grimes' defense is overrated. Again, second year player, young player. Has he played his 82nd? NBA game is a member of a uh, uh, team's rotation yet. I, I think we're probably right around there. I don't think he has. It's, I don't even want to say it's up and down because that's unfair. It's more up than down. It is imperfect. There are nights where like tonight he gets beat and he'll learn from it and he'll improve from it. Is it overrated based on like where some some people like me perhaps even have talked about his defense being like all world defense? Yeah, maybe. But I think, again, that's more for me, at least when I talk about Grimes being a real defensive stud and someone they could build around his defense and other parts of his game, it's forecasting into the future. I think his defense this year is probably, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's not great. It's it's really good though, and it, I still think it's the best point of attack defense on the team. Thanks, Lamar. Fair comment. Hamdm, what's going on, Hamdy? Embiid is a beast to guard. Yes, he is. The inbounds play was annoying, but you're right. The fourth quarter was blah. It was very blah. It was as blah fourth quarter as they've had. It, really, like, and and give Philly's defense some credit for that. Um, but they just kind of like. It was like the gears got stuck or, or something got stuck in the gears for the Knicks offense in the fourth quarter. Uh, on to the next, your beard was way better than Harden's. Um, well, thank you. I don't agree with that. I think Harden has a lovely beard, um, but I appreciate that. It works for me. Harden's beard would not work for me. I've tried to grow a larger beard at times. It does not look good. Buzzer beater. John, some of us are not getting our notifications. Some of us are not getting our notifications. I don't know what you're. I don't know what that means. If it's, I don't. It, maybe it's a joke, and I'm just not in on the joke. I'm old, and I miss jokes a lot. Uh, shout out to, by the way, um, APJP. That's the nickname GMAC has given him. Associate producer uh justin palmer who's on the ones and twos tonight he's talking about youtube notifications okay my next question of course is what is a youtube notification again old man don't know anything technologically inept very very stupid individual you're sitting here watching uh but i'm sorry and we'll try to fix it He will have Andrew chiming in. He will have zero idea what that means. Buzzer beater. I will look at it tomorrow. GMAC to the rescue. Giddy up. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. There is a reason why Andrew Claudio is the best producer in the business. Not only is he technologically proficient in every way, but he's good at a lot of other things too. 
I'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Forgotten NYC. The RJ elephant in the room is getting pretty loud. Um, I was curious how we res- how we would respond tonight, and like I thought he came out pretty good. Like <sighs> again, were, were were there? You know, there was like a play. There's always going to be plays. And I'm so in tune with it because at this point, I, I definitely look for our, I see RJ, whether I, I don't know if I look for them. I might be looking for them. I see RJ's mistakes more than I see other players. I, again, I've, I hope I've admitted this before. I'll admit it again. Um, like there was a play where he was, I thought he was hedging a little bit too hard off of, oh, I don't know if it was hardened. Somebody who sunk a three in the fourth quarter where like, you know, you compare when like RJ gives nail help versus when like a Grimes or a quickly or Hart when he comes in here and it's just not quite as precise, you know, and like it's little things like like that. That's not what you're talking about here. But like, yeah, there are there are there are moments, but we're also talking about a guy who had 19 points on seven to 16 shooting it's three of five from deep. I mean. You know, we had four. The four turnovers were not ideal. Four, four, four turnovers, two assists. I, but the elephant in the room. I don't know. It's too strong for me because, for a whole host of reasons. And again, I'm a big critic of his, but I, I, I don't know. It, it really does come down to a question of like. Because it's so complicated. Like, what are you trading him for? Who are you bringing back? Like, I don't want to trade him for Zach Levine. You know, like, do you? I know you. I don't think you do either. For God, I want to say, I don't think most people here watching want want it, would want to do that trade. Um, like it, ha- it would have to be the right trade. Or if you're swapping him out for not like a star player, but more like an OG Ananobi, then you have to kind of reevaluate, like what what does that resulting team look like, and where you're getting a guy who is maybe more sound in like the, the quote unquote little things, but has less of a ceiling offensively. And is that trade off worth it? Like, do you want to give up on this player at 22 years old soon to be, or he'll, he'll be 23 by next season. Like I, I really do think it's a, it's a complicated com- conversation. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. What I will say though, is they have it, it, it feels like something might be coming to a head this summer for me. And I just, that's my, that's like a, just a gut feeling, not based on anything I've, I know or, or anything one way or another. Thanks for gotten Kevin, uh, Danishevsky with another one. I wonder if Tibbs goes with either an eight man rotation with heart. Oh my God. Uh, with Obi and deuce out or hot take 10 man with Evan and deuce swapping for a shooting boost. Kevin, you're all over the map. You want to go to an eight-man rotation? If 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 Obi Toppin didn't get off the bench, and I know you brought it up during the halftime zoom, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even going to talk about it. I, I don't. I, I'll wait. If it happens, I'll address it then. Now the ten-man rotation. So your ten-man. So your backup five is quickly Fournier Hart. Obi and Hardenstein when Mitch Kim comes back. I, uh, that's that's interesting. 
I don't think he'll do it. I don't think Fournier is getting put back in the rotation. It's interesting, though. I, you always get points for creativity, Kev. And for dropping your top 20 all-time players list in the playback chat. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Uh, next up, Hamdi M. No trade talk, please. Playoffs is the goal. I, well, it's like trade talk post-mortem, right? Um, but I agree. It's a, a bad job by me talking ahead about the summer. Summer's a long way off. We don't have to talk about the summer yet. Um, we shouldn't talk about the summer. Playoffs is the goal. I I want to get back healthy. I want to get Mitch back. I want to get Mitch back in there because I that this I still think like again I I sung Joel Embiid's praises up and down. The Knicks gave up 119 points tonight. Um, and the Sixers are good. The Sixers are very good. They're not giving up 119 points tonight if Mitchell Robinson is healthy and available to play. Um, and like, they've had some really good wins. Obviously we've been singing their praises. They've been playing really good ball since Mitchell Robinson went down, all things considered, but like, I'm pretty sure he's been completely out for 12 games now. And over the last 12 games, I'm not sure if this includes tonight's game or not, but like whether it does or doesn't, you get the picture 27th in defensive rating, 119.9 points for hundred possessions. So like, yes, playoffs is the goal. We want to focus on the playoffs. I will be more in the zone of like, all right, here's our push. Let's make it when Mitch comes back. Until then, my mind is still kind of like on the court, triage mode. Let's just get to the all-star break. And then, um, yeah, some leftover thoughts about trades. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Forgotten NYC, Brunchen still has an all-star chance with the Jalen Brown injury. Good job by you, Forgotten, remembering that. Because that was funny. I was thinking about it tonight. And um, <clears throat> I was like, wait a minute. Didn't someone get injured recently? And I think there was a tweet. Um, I know this is exceptional live streaming here. Uh, a tweet earlier tonight in regards to... Oh, yeah. So Jeff Stotts from In Street Clothes regarding Jalen Brown. Very positive update for the from the Celtics. It seems Brown will not need surgery for the broken maxilla bone. The maxilla is the upper jaw and forms part of the cheek. Um, players that suffer isolated maxillary fractures in the NBA rarely miss an extended period of time since the 2005-06 season. The average time loss in these cases is eight days, which is two and a half games. So eight days. We're sitting here on Friday. The All-Star game is eight days from now. Um, I guess we'll see, um, but possibly, maybe there's hope. I hope there's hope. I would love Jalen Brunson to get in, and I do believe he'd be the next entry for sure. Aunt C, about thirty-four minutes of good Knicks basketball. Uh, that's fair. Was there anything good in the? There were a couple of good moments in the fourth quarter, right? There were like a. Can we like take the first 34 minutes of the game and then plop in like two minutes from the fourth quarter, like 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, 30 seconds there. Nah, you're, you're, you're right. It wasn't, it was not a complete game, not a complete game and quite the opposite of their last game. That's for sure. And very, and more similar to the Christmas game that they played against this team. Thanks. Aunt. Appreciate it. Okay. Appreciate the generous contribution. Okay. We lost when they went to Julius at the end. 
He can carry a team first few quarters, but we need a third star who can close. I don't think we need a superstar. We just need another Julius or Brunson player who can close. Um, so I think Brunson has certainly shown the ability to close <clears throat> against certain matchups. I think other matchups give him difficulty. And I think you, he's also not like he, he, he he's a great player. He's not an otherworldly player. Um, and a team can shut him down if they focus on it. Now, the Sixers started to focus on shutting him down throughout this game. And yes, Julius had the ball in his hands more and he did not do that great with it. At the same time, Julius during the third quarter was like outstanding. He was nailing threes. He was, I, I thought he was, he was pretty good, but you're right. It's fourth quarter comes down to the fourth quarter. You don't want the ball in Julius hands. And that's going to be what teams will do. If we're, if we're fortunate enough to make it to the playoffs, they're not going to let Jalen Brunson beat them in the fourth quarter. They're going to let Ju- try to have Julius Randall beat them in the fourth quarter, which is why again, what does RJ Barrett do in the rest of the season? How does RJ Barrett's season end? There are a lot of people who think he's going to come at, come with a strong finish. Um, maybe he does. I hope he does. But to your point about we don't need a superstar, we just need a third big time guy. I wonder if that's why we heard Zach Levine rumors and why we're going to hear Carl Anthony Towns rumors this summer. You know, um, and and of it, you know whatever other star ish player comes on the market. Um, we'll see. LDS hated doubling Embiid in the second half. Just let him get his 50 from two point land and make him be perfect. Worked in the first half, despite him feasting. Um, again, it's maybe, maybe that's why they lost the game. We won't know, but it's a fair criticism because they lost. They did. They did. They tried a thing. The thing did not work. That's what it comes down to. Thanks, LDS. Appreciate it. Drew P. Fans expecting a young team to play like veterans. I think that's part of it too. We really do. We we I, me included. We I think forget one how young the team is, and two I'll refer back to it again. Mitchell Robinson is not here, so Mitchell Robinson still their best guy in terms of plus minus on the year biggest positive impact player on their team or so says those numbers. Now I think those numbers are a little bit deceiving, uh, but yeah, they're young. Grimes young, quick, quickly young, RJ young, you know, Brunson still leading a team for the first time. Like it's amazing. Talk about a guy that we forget. It's his fifth year in the league. It's his fifth year in the league. I know he's not 23. Like RJ's fifth year in the league is going to be 23. Brunson's older than that, but like fifth year in the league for Jalen Brunson, you know, um, so he's not, he's kind of a little bit young in, in NBA star terms, I guess you'd say. Am I forgetting anybody? Mitch, when he's there, is young. Hardenstein. Hardenstein's not that old. Obi. I'm free, you know. Good point, Drew. Appreciate it. Emil Bumansor, thank you for the generous contribution, Emil. I think the Knicks were great in the first half. I think quickly's. Inbound pass turnover into a maxi three and the Embiid um, block on RJ shifted momentum from there. The Sixers hit the ground running and buckled down Um, the inbounds pass turnover into a maxi three. You're not talking about the RJ one Um, is maybe there's another one that I'm 
was there a quickly inbounds pass? I I'm something's ringing a bell. I know quickly had at least one turnover in this game that, uh, that comes to mind when it was uh, like a, a dribble handoff. That was like not ideal. I think that was involving Hartenstein in the first half. Uh, but let me check right now. Quickly had quickly only had one turnover in the game. Maybe it's the one you're talking about. I'm not sure. Thanks, Emil. 